online or if you'll join us later on in the week. We're glad you're joining us then too. Um, I want to ask, does, Evan, does anyone have a house group testimony? Something that happened in your group or that your group did or just whatever? Anyone got anything they want to share that was cool? Show me a hand. What do you say? Then get on our birthday, boy. I asked the group, but they didn't want to. All right, where, where's that mic? Seth is coming. Got, got Cosmo Kramer running down the aisle. He's going to help a brother out. Seth, you're the man. Don't ever let anyone tell you differently. All right. So if you haven't gone on missional in your uh, house groups, I would implore you to. Um, we had a little bit of struggle getting everybody to get on board with this, but uh, after we've done it a couple of times, now they're like, can't get enough. Mm. So we've done a several, but the one that kind of sticks out to us the most, uh, we went to uh, Mary Rose Mission on Thanksgiving Day, and we served uh, there for uh, some of the folks that are as fortunate as we are. And uh, we had an array of jobs uh, from serving to getting drinks to uh, doing dishes to just the whole nine yards. And I think the group um, left there um, on cloud 100. Uh, we had such a, a great experience um, meeting people and, and fellowship. And it, it would have been nicer if we'd have had more time for one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but uh, the special time, too, we had a, a, a lovely young lady there. And I say young, she's probably about 80. Um, who loved to sing. And she said, uh, I feel like I want to sing. And I said, well, what's your song? And she said, Chris Tomlin, of course. And I said, okay, well, take it away. So um, we all stood there and listened. I, in the background, uh, did some quiet harmony because I wanted everybody to hear her. But it was just a sweet time. We all um, really enjoyed that. So if you haven't had an opportunity to take advantage of that, I'd implore you to. Amen. Yeah, it's kind of like the thing, like the like when you first start exercising, like it can be dreadful, right? Like you just get down and you can't like even do a push up, and even though when you get up, your stomach's still like helping you levitate, and it's like it doesn't feel all that great. But it's like the more you do it, kind of like the more you want to do it, or like you know, like just like doing any task, and I think like doing stuff like on mission is just one of those same things. Like the more we do it the more you'll want to. And so it's a really good thing. So I just encourage you to, if your group hasn't done it yet, every week we're gonna ask, if God does anything, if you get a chance to share with a neighbor and they, you know, tell you no thank you, like share that, like it's okay. Or if someone like, you know, like someone gets healed or something cool happens or your group, you know, like Jesus just answers a prayer. Those are the kind of things we wanna hear. It doesn't have to be like, you know, like, you know, fill up in the Ethiopian sort of thing, like where you teleport and, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. It can be by all means, if you have that. Uh, but we just want to hear stories of what God's doing. Cause like John said in life, not just looking at the back of people's heads or looking at the shine on mine. We want people in life doing life together because as my son's college football coach says, we believe each of us needs all of us. So, and that happens best in the context of a spiritual family on mission. So Jesus, I ask you to come today. I ask for a spirit of prophecy 
to be on this house. I pray that you would open our eyes and ears to what you're going to say, that as we foretell, Lord, about what your word says, that it would come alive to people. That, Lord, that the conviction of sin would come on people. Encouragement, Lord. Comfort would come on people today. I pray people would feel um, an understanding that they haven't felt, maybe, Lord, about your word and what you're doing. We love you, and we welcome you in this place, Holy Spirit. In your name we pray, Father. Amen. I think most of us want to believe that there's more to life. You're here on some level. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe you've been coming here for a long time. But I think it's because... In all of us, there's something that hopes there's more to life. It says in um, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon says that God has put eternity in the hearts of men. And at every funeral that I do, I, a, a thought that I share is like, it doesn't matter if someone is a baby that passes, a teenager, someone in their 40s or 50s, or someone who's maybe 100. There's always something about it that feels a little off when people go. Because there's something in us that was hardwired that we are supposed to go on forever. And our souls do. But there was something about us that we know that like, we connect with. Every culture, every person, every age. It's like whatever time that we have was never quite enough because it was never supposed to be the way it is. A, uh, a recent uh, study or survey done, uh, uh, done by the Barna Group says a great majority of people, regardless of their generation, believe that a higher power exists and they want to grow spiritually. Do we have that? There we go. Thank you. Yeah, like, so if you look at Gen Z, millennials, Gen X, and baby boomers, it's interesting. Um, and if you're not, if you're beyond that, um, sorry, they just didn't include you, but I would if I knew the data. Um, so it's interesting how um, would you like to grow spiritually? that we actually see it more like in the middle and kind of on the fringe on either side. Like the boomers, the ones who complain that no young people come to church actually have less desire to grow spiritually than older people even. Are you certain spiritual or supernatural dimension exists? And look at it, that's right above or over 80% of people believe that. Do you believe in God or a higher power? Same thing. So I think there's a lot, what this survey shows is a lot of people believe in more or recognize their need for more or they'd like to know more. And I think embedded in that is most of us, if we could be certain, wouldn't we want to hear more? We would want to know more. So every time maybe I go out and I'm afraid to share, I've got to assume, it says here, data says four out of five people want to know. But we also look at the data in heaven, God wants five out of five people to know. So that's not up to us, but like when we, when we get that opportunity, that like I think most people want to be able to hear from God. Most people want to be able to connect with God. And God speaks in all kinds of ways to us. What does it look like to actually hear his voice? Some of us think we've never heard from God because we don't know what it sounds like. Some of us might think it's like James Earl Jones, like Simba. Like, you know, you deliberately disobeyed me. Like, you know, like that's like the voice of God. Or like Morgan Freeman. Like, you know, like whatever, like we just have this like, or this maybe this still small voice. We all want to hear from God in some way. But we believe at this church, the Vineyard Florence, we believe that actually the most critical skill 
that any person that um, calls on Jesus' name needs to learn is how to hear his voice, how to understand what the Father's saying, how to join the Father in what he's doing. I talked about today, we did a five-step prayer model class. And it's interesting that the primary, uh, primary word in the Jewish language, Hebrew, is shema. The primary word for prayer is listen. And that embedded in that, that the most critical skill for a person that loves God to do, a person of God, is to be able to listen, be able to hear him, to be able to hear what he's saying. God speaks to people in all kinds of different ways. Five ways that I would say that I see there might be more is God be plowing through prayer, through life, through others, through word and nature. That's the way that God is trying to plow in grounds into our lives is he wants to speak to us in prayer. He wants us to hear his voice in life. He wants us to hear from and through others. He wants us to hear from his word. He wants us to read his Bible, and he wants us in nature. Paul says, like, listen, if, if all this stuff's not enough, he's like, nature points to something bigger. In a lot of the world, you know, science, it just makes my skin crawl when you turn on these, these shows that I love to watch, especially when I'm tired, like, turn on, like, watch some, like, lion chase down an antelope and, like, maul it. Somehow that makes me sleepy. But, um... But they're always like, and the, like David Atterbaugh was like, and 40 million years ago. It's like, David, I know you might have been there, but the rest of us weren't old feller. Um, but like, there's just like this assumption that this evolutionary repository, it's like, I don't, I think there's evolution in the world, but it's like, it's not the way, we didn't come from a primordial soup. There's little changes and there's tweaks, but we're not seeing like, you know, uh, like canaries, you know, turn into kangaroos, to turn into children, to turn into dogs, to turn into people eventually. It's like there, there's this thing, there's just like this assumption that are out there. And, 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 and because I want you to know, equally as God wants to speak to us, the enemy wants us to not be able to hear. So one of the things he does like the best is he weaves truth into lies. And so today, in week three of our Empowered series, um, Empowered is a vineyard-wide series where we're talking about the things that kind of make us who we are as a people. And, and we believe that there's this DNA in the vineyard movement that we want to be people that hear from heaven, that we want to be people that say, come Holy Spirit, and we want to take the orders from headquarters, and we want to do what Jesus did. So today, what we're talking about is prophecy. Now, we're not necessarily talking about prophecy just in the terms of like Isaiah or Moses or Elijah. We're not just talking about prophecy like that or necessarily the office of prophet. I do believe there's some people with a prophetic gifting that that is a calling on their life. Uh, one of my best friends, Clarine, she can tell you the color underwear you have on and why you put them on and where you bought them. Like the woman is prophetic on a level that sometimes you're like, oh man, I just... Uh, I just, I just cussed. And like, you don't want to walk in room because she knows she did it. <laughs> like, it's scary. So you're, okay. but like, and there's other people, uh, like my friend Rob who comes around here sometimes, Rob is wildly prophetic and will sometimes say things that are uncomfortable, but like just like the Lord gives him like this eye to see things. But we're not gonna talk about the office of prophet today. We're gonna talk about the spirit of prophecy. Because I believe that Jesus 
Um, if you look at the fivefold gifting in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, the fivefold gifting is that he gave some to be, anyone know? Starts with apos and ends with an ol. Some's to be apostles. Some's to be prophets. There we go. You're doing good. Some to be evangelist. Evangelist. What else? I'm not going to lip sync it. Teachers and pastors. Yeah. So that's the fivefold gifting. If you look inside of that, Jesus operated all those things very fluidly. Jesus was an apostle. You know, he's the one, the sent ones. Jesus was the sent one from heaven, and he gave all authority to his apostles. God was the sent one from heaven, and Jesus sent his, his this apostles and disciples to do the stuff he did. And we see also this prophetic. Jesus was prophetic on a clip that um, no one else really was. Jesus would call out things and forecast things or look back on things. Like Jesus had this kind of panosophic insight that was uh, both terrifying and freeing. And then evangelist. Well, we see Jesus was the man on mission. He was the, he was the one who came down to do God's will, to seek and save the lost. And then we see Jesus was this amazing teacher, and he was this pastor, this shepherd. I'm this shepherd. So those are, those are offices and giftings, but I also believe that Paul says, in the fullness, so the body of Christ may be built up. So today we're going to talk about prophecy in a general sense because do you know God can and will prophesy through you and I at times. Really, prophecy, if you think about what prophecy is in the biblical sense, in the biblical tense, it's three things. It's in the book of, uh, or the book of Revelation shares about this, where John says, and that's like one of the, you know, people would think, oh, what's a prophetic book? They would look no further than the book of Revelation, but John says it's about three things. The the prophetic isn't just this future forecasting, like this Nostradamus kind of thing or this Nietzschean thing, but it's about what was, what is, and what is to come. And if you read the book of Revelation just as some futuristic thing, you get some of these really weird novels that I think are maybe good reads but not biblical, just about this all futuristic thing and it's all in the future. The book of Revelation at best is 66% accomplished, if you just did the math, right, about what was. So to John, that's history, right? What is, in John's time, 2,000 years ago, is now ancient history to us. And what is to come, so if you just split those things in third, like two-thirds of the book of Revelation has already happened. And you always understand, always can understand the uh, prophetic best when you kind of keep a mind of those three tenses. Okay? What was what is, what is to come. And if you look at how all the prophets operate, they all operate like that. So, so Jeremiah will roll on the scene and be like, y'all done messed up. You're toast. It's O to the V to the E to the R, unless right now you humble yourselves and you turn back. There's this back, like you, you done bad, A.A. Ron, you, like, you're in trouble. But if, and God kind of gives us, here's a preferred future, but here's the trajectory you will land if you persist in your way. So the prophetic is always those three tenses. Sorry about that. And so this week in prophecy, um, 
we, we want to distinguish a little bit and just kind of learn about what being a prophetic people means. I believe we're prophetic in the sense, especially as born-again people, because we're a link to all three, right? That we are people, everyone's under the curse of sin, everyone. Judgment is coming. But we're the people who kind of stand between earth and heaven and show the prototype of the age to come. We're a prophetic people. If we choose to obey, if we choose to hear and obey, if we choose to learn God's voice and to live into it, we stand as prototypes or movie trailers of the age to come. And this is what happens when Jesus, when heaven takes hold of a life. This is what happens when an addict meets Jesus, they're no longer addicted. This is what happens when a busted marriage meets Jesus' freedom and healing and reconciliation can happen. This is what happens when someone who's sick is made well. Or this is what happens when someone their whole life who's maybe been sick and depressed because they're sick, that all of a sudden maybe they're still sick, but the joy of the Lord fills their heart. So this, we're a prophetic people in the sense that our lives are to be movie trailers of the age to come. We show a prophetic insight through the keyhole about what the... about the kingdom of heaven can and should look like. That dials up a notch obedience and being a good example, doesn't it? Because it's a really pathetic example to people. It's like, hey, I just go to church, but I don't pay my taxes, or I'm not faithful, or I cuss like a sailor, or I lie like a rug, or maybe I'm promiscuous and I want everyone to see my goods. Like, that doesn't look like the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven's not full of lust. Kingdom of heaven's not full of lies. It's not full of promiscuity. It's not full of abusing other people. It's not full of racism. It's when we live in such a way, we become a prophetic person, like it or not, because we point to the age to come. And in the vineyard, we believe everyone gets to play, and not just that everyone gets to play, we believe everyone should play. The reason why we talk about house groups and discipleship so much, and some of you are thinking like, oh my gosh, here he comes again. Well, listen, until 50 of you are raising your hands and getting the memo that discipleship matters to us and so does like living on mission, we'll probably keep talking about it. Does that sound fair? <laughs> like, I know it's like, gosh, here he comes again. But like Jesus says, Jesus, do you remember Jesus, John chapter three, Nicodemus, this is a prophetic word, okay? I'm going to say something in the spirit of prophecy. And I'm confident about that. Jesus says to to him, he says, if I spoke to you of earthly things and you didn't get it, what makes you think when I speak to you of heavenly things, you will? And you might say, I want some more depth in my church. Well, if if you're not praying your guts out and you're not making disciples that are making disciples and you're not living on mission and the kingdom of heaven's not transforming your life radically so it lights people up that either you are a stench or you're a rose, we're gonna keep talking about this stuff because if we don't get this earthly stuff, we're not gonna get the deep heavenly stuff. Amen. And so I don't have to look any further than God's word and call that stuff out. Now I know that might be a lot for people, but that's what God means. So, and Paul says, let us move past these elementary teachings, but he's like, we just can't because um, people don't wanna do it. So until we got like 50, 50 people saying, I'll do house group testimony, like maybe it's just like, shut up about discipleship. Well, maybe everyone volunteer next week and then we'll move on to more heavenly stuff. So even just fake it, right? 
Um, but, but then pray that I'm not like prophetic and I'm not discerning the underwear color under the lie. So um, it says in the book of Joel, chapter two, verse 28 and 29, it says it will come about after this, Joel's talking about this tremendous exile, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. God's saying, even the lowest of the low, the enslaved foreigners, I will do it through everyone who calls on my name. I will do things that's never been seen. That's what he's like. So the spirit of prophecy is for you. He says, I'll pour it out on everyone. Young, old, male, female, slave, free. The addict, the 50-year uh, disciple. Jesus wants to pour out his spirit on everyone. So what is prophecy? Like I said, prophecy is calling people up. It's calling people in. It's calling people out. Prophecy at its core first is to call people up to the place God intends them to be. God, when, when prophecy is happening, when God gives a word, when God gives a word, we are, we want to dig for gold, not for dirt first. It's meant to call people up to a better, higher place. Even when God calls us out of sin, do you know he's calling us up to a higher place? He's saying, son, daughter, don't, don't hang out there anymore. Don't live there. That place is not gonna get you anywhere. That place is a defilement to you and to me and to others. Come up from there. I'm calling you up. So sometimes we, we live in a culture in 21st century America where we don't really wanna call anyone up but we, or call anyone out, but we like love on Facebook to like, like have, some, have some fortitude. Don't call people out on text or on Facebook or on email. When God says, speak the truth in love, none of those mediums existed. So I'm guessing that um, we speak the truth in love, that God wants us to share our hearts and communicate, not just municate, which usually mutilates. Don't, don't denigrate people or call people out on letters, especially if you've never done it. Maybe that's the next step, but that's not the first move. We can, we can be sure, uh, we can be sure to uh, prophecy. When I'm talking about this, does anyone like feel like, oh, this is a little cringy, this is weird, I don't know what this means. This is kind of one of the spookier gifts, isn't it? Like to be a prophet. Like I said, I'm not talking about the office of prophet, I'm just talking about the spirit of prophecy. And we see in Joel, God wants to give it to us. So even if it's spooky or scary or strange, we see in his word that it's what he said, the spirit that, that they'll prophesy. And really, prophecy, do you know when you're telling people about Jesus, there's that three-tenths prophecy happening? What was? Remember what Paul says, that, I mean, uh, John says, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. That's where prophecy really happens when we share what Jesus did, what he's done in my life, and what he can do for you. That's three-tenths of prophecy. This is very important to know these things. Um, and... But while this can be one of the spookier gifts, we're talking about this today because I believe three things can happen if we have a better understanding of this. One is we'll get clarity. Do we got that slide? 
One is we'll get clarity. Two, once we have clarity, we'll have confidence. And then once we have the confidence, we'll get the courage to do what God's calling us to do. So pray for it. Maybe if you're like, I would like to speak prophetically more into people's lives. Pray, ask God. Eagerly desire the spiritual gifts Paul talks about. Like I've had some words spoken to me years ago. Uh, in 2019, I was in Turkey and I was just working as a commercial appraiser. And I'd been in ministry before, but I'd kind of been knocked off my horse and just was, you know, I was doing the stuff, but I wasn't pastoring a church or anything like that. And I got... I got from people on three continents, four different people within seven days came to me and gave me the exact same word that I had written down in my journal about five months earlier. They said, we we believe or we see God's gonna use you to be a leader of a church movement that is gathered and scattered. It's very simple, but it was very confirming. Like God is going to do this. Like where you are, you're not there. What is, is this thing is, is in you. You're pregnant with this, and this thing is to come. Well, fast forward a couple years, and God, God's doing that. So just that simple thing, people saying to me, I didn't, I didn't uh, it says in the Bible, it says, despise not the prophetic gifting. When people say things to you, pay attention, even if you don't like the source or you don't know the source. God is speaking to us in all kinds of ways. Now, granted, the enemy can speak to us too, but, let's, but we want to be discerning enough or prophetic enough to be able to... Uh, like correctly handle the word of truth. It's really important to read your Bible if you want to be prophetic. One time there was this person who kept giving these weird words. I'm like, well, I, I'm not in the Bible a lot. I'm a prophet. And I'm like, no, you're kind of an idiot. Because <laughs> you're forecasting a bunch of garbage that doesn't align with the word. Like God doesn't say that because his character's immutable. He doesn't change the things you're saying don't line up with the word. And I, I think maybe you have a prophetic spirit and calling. I do. But I think until you know the word, you're gonna act very foolishly. Because God, the first thing is the, the prophetic is never about us. It's always about Jesus and his message to the other person. The, the prophetic voice is just a conduit. So it's not some office to be wielded or to be marveled at. It's, that person is one of the greatest servants of all. That's just like a very risky, a very profound, or maybe just something very freeing. They're just the pass-through. They're the pass-through. They're the teller at the bank. So, um, and I believe that we're in a prophetic time that it's, it, would, it would behoove all of us to pay attention to what the Spirit would say to the churches, as John says in the book of Revelation. 2 Peter 1.21 says, For prophecy never had its origin in human will, but the prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Like I said, this isn't about the office. This is about God's message to his beloved. And sometimes some of those messages um, can be really challenging. Like I said, um, in 1 Corinthians um, 14 where, we, where it's kind of the manifesto of um, prophecy, it, where it talks a lot about, um, it says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. So here, here's the underwriting of all the giftings. It's always love. 
It's not self-love. It's not the adulation of other people. It is love of Jesus, love of ourselves, and love of others. It says, especially the ability to prophesy. He says, desire this, especially this. Interesting, Paul says this. For if you all have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll only be talking to God. Since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it'll all be a mystery. But the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I want to go a little for, uh, further forward and kind of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14 is kind of like the glut, the uh, most expanded teaching on the spiritual gifts in the church as they operate. And there's a lot in here about gifts, but I love what Paul says, are all, do all heal? No, do all, do all prophesy? No, do all do this? Do all, do all speak in tongues? I remember one time uh, uh, when I was a youth pastor 100 years ago at a vineyard church, I got to the thing, I said, do all speak in tongues? Some girl's like, yes! And I'm like, okay, sequence. Do all this, do this, no. Do all do this, no. Do all do this, no. Like, this was in offices. It's like, so I don't know if everyone speaks in tongues. Maybe you're like, I really want that gift, but I don't do it. I'm not saying that you won't, but I want you to know you're not a less than Christian if you don't. It's not like some like elite thing. It's not the sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's bad theology. If, if, if you believe that, I, I'm sorry, but that is not good theology that everyone will do it because you can look in that passage and there's this thing, there's the implicit and there's the explicit. And both are really great hermeneutical tools. Hermeneutics is basically just the deliverance or like the, uh, like the uh, delineation of the message. So you might not be a prophet, but you might prophesy from time to time. Or you might get a tongue, or you might get a this. Like I know someone one time, like I spoke in tongues one time and they literally gave someone a message in another language they didn't know and they never had a personal prayer language or another thing. Again, I'm like, that's way cooler than any of my speaking in tongues, okay? Like you got a book of Acts thing, so just hang on that. That's way cooler than my shakababa, you know, like, like, on, my, like on my own. It's like, <laughs> so there's this thing that like, you know, don't get too hung up on the gift, but on the giver. And what are you doing in your church? What are you doing in me? What are you doing for others? That was a word for someone. But I've also heard some churches, and I think the vineyard can be a little guilty of this, and so I'm gonna call out our tribe a little bit. A lot of pastors, and I'm not saying all of them, but I hear this a lot, where the one who prophesies, it says, strengthens, encourages, and comforts them. And so they say that, really, the prophetic now is different than the Old Testament because that's what we do for edifying, exhortation, and consolation. That's also not a good hermeneutic of this passage. There's more to come. Yes, God wants to strengthen. He wants to encourage and he wants to comfort us. But if all prophecy, an unbeliever or an ungifted person enters, they're convicted. Now it says when you prophesy, people are convicted. Sometimes if you're just blabbing in tongues, people will be like, dude, does this guy need a jacket with the arms tied together? Okay, unless there's an interpretation. It says that the person who hears the prophecy is convicted by all, and he's called to the account by all. The secrets of the heart are disclosed, so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring he is certainly among you. 
Prophecy is not just a strengthen to encourage comfort. That's part of it. We're digging for gold first, but sometimes there's dirt you have to get through. So it says further down here that it's also to call people to repentance. Prophecy is also to call people to repent. Because it doesn't matter how good we feel if we don't, uh, if we never come to that place where our heart bows and we say, Jesus, I need you. It won't matter what happened on that day. Jesus says there's only one way to the Father and it's by me. And it's by, by a wholesale repentance of the heart that says I need you, I want you, you're my desire. So I think when people say, well, it's a strength and courage and comfort, that's just part of it. There's also prophecy sometimes calls people out. Sometimes calls people out. Uh, my friend Rob said to me one day, I said, a uh, very prophetic brother, one day he just said, Ryan, I just keep getting this picture of you. And he says, I feel like um, God, like he said, I see you standing at the boundary. And he said, I feel like you want to nip it at the boundary, but God wants you to nip it in the bud. So I think you've compromised in an area God's wanting you to deal with. I don't know what that is, but I think you want to nip it at the boundary, not the blood, at the bud. He said, I feel like you want to have a foot in and a foot out. Now, at that time, that didn't strengthen or encourage me or comfort me. It made me want to puke, made me want to leave, or made me want to be mad at Rob. But it was right. It wasn't until I came to the conviction of that sin that then I could be strengthened. I could be encouraged. I could be comforted. So in all this stuff, it's really good when you're reading things. Read the whole chapter or read the whole couple chapters. A verse a day is... It might be great, but that's, um, imagine if you just ate a bite of broth a day. That's all that is. You'd be pretty malnourished. You'd be hula hooping uh, like through a Cheerio, right? If you were just ate a uh, spoon of broth a day. Eat the word, people. Read the word. We'll all be more equipped in all the spiritual gifts the more we're in the word. And I think that the best prophets are the best listeners. It's really good to be able to listen to God for ourselves. Because I know some people who will prophesy a lot and they'll call everyone else out, but they won't listen to that thing where the Spirit says to them, you nip it at the boundary, not the bud. I wouldn't be a very good prophetic voice or pastoring person if I couldn't hear the stuff the Spirit was saying to me too. Because just like we're the pass-through, God also cares about the pass-through. He cares about the outlet the conduit. He cares about the whole thing. He's the electricity, and he cares about all parts of it. So he cares about you and I, but we're going to be better prophets when we're better listeners. And I think that um, if we want to have clarity and confidence and courage, just practice it. Um, Let me see. Oh, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to figure out, like, Lord, what are you saying? Because I feel like he's stirring something up. Uh, Thomas Akempis says this. God is he who with a single word, heard and obeyed, can do and fulfill more in a day than we could accomplish in many lifetimes. Do you know when you and I are willing to let the word of God come to us and come through us, Sometimes it can just cut fog that might have taken people years. 
My friend giving me that word was a freeing word. And I saw years of behavior that was perpetuated and that kind of kept me struggling when the bud was better than the boundary. There was way more fruit when I nipped the bud instead of just like all the peripheral stuff with all the overgrowth underneath. God wanted to do something in me. And that's what the spirit of prophecy is. Like I said, we want to dig for gold, not for dirt, but sometimes we have to get to the dirt first. And we'll never achieve a point in our relationship with God where we no longer need other people. God wants you to speak for him. Look at the person next to you and say, God wants you to speak for him. God wants us He wants us to partner with him. Everyone gets to play. God wants to do what Jesus did. God wants us to share his amazing love, his amazing power, his amazing fruitfulness, his amazing freedom with other people. God wants to use you. And God also wants to use other people to share that with you. And I would say, like, you know, my wife, my wife Carla, you know her. She's the gorgeous little blonde that normally sits over there. Um, Carla is about this tall, but like in the spirit, she's just like Shaq. And like my wife's super prophetic. Like she just will say things and I'm like, like I don't know how to take it sometimes. I'm like, you drive your steamroller quietly a little bit. Like, you know, it's like, which is a lot for me to say. But uh, my wife will call me out like no one else can. It's like, she will say things and I'll be like, <laughs> like, you know, I just like, but the, but the Lord speaks through her a lot. And I've really learned to appreciate this thing that he's put in her that's uh, very powerful. And she doesn't always wield it the right way, but a lot of times she does, man. And it might not always be how I like to receive it, but God uses it. And I think that there's gotta be something in us that we gotta be more ready to receive what God's doing, not just the package we like it in. If you're always demanding, or if I'm always demanding a certain answer or a certain presentation, God's be like, I'm I'm out. Because we see Jesus didn't do miracles the same way twice. Sometimes it's gonna be really to strengthen. Sometimes it's going to be encourage. Sometimes it's gonna be to comfort. Other times it's gonna be like, hombre, you need a whipping because you keep acting up. And he'll do it all kinds of ways, but we have to be available and open to God speaking as he wants to speak. Like I said, don't, don't despise prophecy. Don't mute it. And, I, and I'm even learning, like in my life, like sometimes, you know, I had a little kid a couple years ago and say, you sure are fat. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, that's what I felt like. But I, I, I wanted to say something back and I just felt like the Lord say, what, it was really weird. He's like, I've been talking to you about getting healthier. Your liver's a mess. Your blood pressure's high. You're on these medicines and I'm better for you than this. Like, listen, sucking in doesn't hide the fact that you're a little corpulent, bro. You know, it's like, and like this kid just called me out and I could have just got mad at all oh, those little kids. They say whatever. But it's like, I felt like the Lord really say to me like, like, this isn't just about, like, that, like, you got to put your belt on, uh, like, with a boomerang now, you know? It's, like, it's not about that. But it's, like, Ryan, 
This is a discipling matter. Would other people want your life? If they looked at your scale or they looked at your blood work, they would not want your life. You're not obeying me and honoring me with what you eat. So this little kid, you're fat. You're ugly. You know? Um, you know, I wanted to make fun of his teeth or something, but I didn't. You know, it's like, I'm so grown up and mature. Well, yeah, you can eat corn on the cob through a tennis racket, Bucky. You know, I, that's what I thought, but I didn't say it. Um, but, but God spoke to me. I didn't like the package. I didn't like the, the insult. I didn't like the abruptness of it. And literally, the little kid was running by. You're fat. And then just kept going. I'm like, it, seriously, it was, and, and I know I'm going on this, but like, it was abrupt and it kind of stung me. And it was like, you little, you know, whatever. But God was speaking to me through this kid. We want to be people who hear. We want to be people that listen to what the Spirit's saying. Because he can speak through all kinds of mediums if we're available. And so that's what the spirit of prophecy is. It's just to share the love, the word, the power, the desire and demands of God. And prophecy is going to come in all kinds of ways. Um, sometimes it's by words of knowledge. Sometimes it's by you just say something. Have you ever just spoke something and you didn't realize it? Like, I was 18 years old, and I got in an argument with this man. I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to indict someone. He's no longer here on earth. But um, he, he had shared something with a group of people that was not biblical. And I was 18. And, you know, so I was very brash, very, um, you know, crude and whatever. But we're talking, and he just starts really putting me in my place. And he wasn't hearing it. I'm like, buddy, this is wrong. I don't care if you're this leader or whatever. I'm like, this is wrong. You should not have said this. And we kind of get in this argument. And I just stood up and I said, listen, if you don't get up next week and repent of what you said, your back's going to be full of cancer within a year. And God's going to take this from you. Fast forward a year, his back's full of cancer all over his spine. And the whole thing just started eroding. And I don't even know why I said it. But it was like, you did this. If you don't do this, this will happen. But I'm guessing if he had come forth and like repented and humbled himself, that wouldn't have happened. And so I don't even know what made me say that. I don't know what. Cool little story. Seven years ago, this church was uh, going through the transition and Barry was, you know, they were looking for like a successor. And the writing was on the wall at the church I was at. And I told Carla, I said, Florence Vineyard's hiring. Florence Vineyard's hiring. I think I should apply there. Uh, we love Vineyard people. We were at a church that didn't fit great. And, you know, it was falling apart. And I said, I should apply there. And I remember where I was, sitting in my office, talking to my wife on a Thursday afternoon. And out of her mouth flew. She said, nope. Whoever comes, it won't last more than five years. She's like, that's not your thing now. I don't know what all that means, but that just flew out of her mouth and she said, and I'm like, I knew her long enough, I'm like, I ain't applying for that one. Because I just knew something and it was like, brought that back up and this came. She's like, do you remember I said that to you? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> so it was interesting, had I not listened Maybe something happened, whatever. It's like, and I'm not saying whatever, but it was a, that was a word for me that she just said that don't do this. 
And so, um, you know, that's, pr- prophecy can look like all kinds of things. It can strengthen, it, it can encourage, it can comfort, or it can say, nah, baby, nah, don't. Um, a couple words that I had as I was praying today, and I, maybe this is prophetic, maybe it's just um, that, I don't know, I'm just thinking it. Is there someone in here who is tongue-tied? Like literal, you're tongue-tied. For someone who deals with that, like a slurring issue, like a tongue issue? Anyone? No one? Okay. Is there anyone that you're hot all the time? Like, especially when you feel like any kind of, I don't know, like just anytime you feel anything, like does your body get really hot? Yeah. I just believe that the Lord wants to bring a cool, I just, I don't know if there's like a spirit of anxiety God wants to cure in you today. So we're gonna pray for you. So if someone gather some People gather around that sister. And here's the thing. I'm not saying thus saith either. When you're talking to people or you feel like the Lord's giving you something, don't thus saith. Because maybe thus didn't saith and you're just thinking it, you know? So just like, it's okay to be like, hey, I'm just sensing this. So there's like a prophetic etiquette to use. Um, Does anyone have a neck injury straight across here that you're dealing with? I don't know if like there was a breaking, a compressing. Is there anyone that has that today? Okay. So um, we're going to pray for you. Um, This was a little bit harder word. You've been found out recently and are wondering if God can or wants to fix your life. Um, And maybe you're having a spirit of suicide. You can raise your hand if you want to because Jesus wants to set you free. Or you can just come up for prayer at the end. Or uh, I get a sense that maybe there's someone here that says often about the kingdom or spirituality, I know a fair amount. It's almost like there's some old laurels you're resting on, like maybe some old things that happened a long time ago, but I feel like God has more for you. He has so much more for you than a fair amount. I don't know if that's you, God would like, I'd like to pray for you today or someone would. And, and, but I even feel like in this that you knowing a fair amount that you're like Uncle Rico, you're playing the hits from long ago, but you're fiending as some spiritual giant even. And I think that's stinging, but I think someone knows who that is. That's someone here that maybe fiends off of old things that happened. You're just stuck playing the greatest hits and I believe God has a new song for you, but you're gonna have to humble yourself and admit that. Does anyone have a pinky finger issue kind of right here in this knuckle? So, so yeah, here we go. A couple people. Um, and then, I don't know if it's the right knee. I kind of felt in the right, but it could be either because we have two knees. If you have a third one, that'd be amazing. We'll pray for that too. Um, like, is there like someone got an injury like or something that's been ag- aggravated like right in this part of your leg? Anyone? Yeah, someone got that? Okay. I want to pray for you. Um, and I see a picture of a bell. I don't know if anyone if that means anything to anyone, but I almost saw like a ringing in your ears. Has anyone got a ringing in their ears? Yeah, okay. I'm pray for that. Um, and I see someone wearing a holster. Um, and you, are, you love the word of God and you know the word of God really well. I get a picture of this person knows it not fairly well, but really well. 
Um, but I feel like God wants you to use what you have more as a sword than a gun. And I feel like the way you're using the word is, um, is not helping. And people are like accusing you of that, but you're kind of doubling down because the people accusing you don't know the Bible. And I feel like God wants to change up like some of your approach. And so I'd love to pray for you today if that's you. Does anyone have a lockjaw? Anyone have a lock jaw? Okay, maybe you want me to lock my jaw. But, um, and I don't know if someone's got a trouble breathing today. Maybe you've been sitting in here and um, you've been having a little bit of a trouble breathing. I don't know if it's an all the time thing, but does anyone have that? Anyone have, yeah, okay, thanks. Um, and here's one thing I'll tell you about this. Like, listen, a couple things, no one's raising their hand. I'm not just like, well, I'm never gonna do this again, I failed. Like, listen, I fail all the time, but like, you know what? If, if, if we never get to the plate, we're never, gonna home, we're never gonna hit a home run. So I'm just saying some of this stuff, or maybe sometimes people lie. Maybe this is you, some of this stuff, and you know, just you wanna come talk to me privately, or you need to come up. Um, and, I, and this could be very general, but I feel like there's some people with a great fear of the future, finances, their family, their faith, like, it's the whole faith going down the toilet. Like maybe you're even wondering if like, is God gonna come through on any of this? Love to pray for you. And I, I got a sense, and I definitely want you to come forth for prayer if this is you, that someone walked in here today maybe as a wager that God, unless you speak to me specifically, I'm not gonna do this anymore. If that's you, God is speaking to you specifically today. So I um, just wanna spell that out very plainly. I don't know if that's you, but God wants to, if that's you, please come forth. And there's someone in here with an addiction. I feel like maybe a sex addiction, but it could be in any addiction that you can't kick and need more than the 12 steps, not putting down the 12 steps or CR, but there's just something, you're white knuckling this all the time. And I feel like God has better for you than that. He has freedom for you. Um, and you need prayer and maybe some, some like deliverance. There's an agitating spirit that doesn't want to let you go. Um, and also, I think, um, I don't know if last week's word about being faithful bothered you, but I feel like God says, I want you to be concerned with the faithful part. I'll be concerned with the filling. Like a lot of times we want to equate faith to, you know, like to what God does, but I think faithful is what we do. And I feel like God wants to work in you. He's working in you, but he, he, but he wants, he will show himself faithful, but he needs a little faithfulness maybe from you today in an area. And the last, uh, just a spirit of worry. I don't know if you, even if you're someone who worries a lot, you maybe even pride yourself. Well, I'm a real worrier. If that's you, God wants to bless you today. So I know it's a lot. So Jesus, would you just come? I thank you for my church. I thank you for the spirit of prophecy. I thank you for prophesying in little ways, big ways, in between ways. Lord, I thank you for how you want to meet us. I pray that all these things, Lord, if there's truth in it, if it was you, that people would just say, yeah, and receive what you would say to your church today. Help us to go forth to be people that speak about what was, Jesus died. What is, you can be set free. And what is to come is the kingdom if we wanna receive what Jesus has done for us. Help us to be people who speak the truth in love. In your mighty and powerful name we pray, amen. Well, hey.
Love you all. Come to prayer this week. This Korean prayer thing is going to be amazing. If you can't come, if you work downtown, come to Washington Park at 12 o'clock on, on Thursday. Love you all.